God, God, thank you so much this morning for who you are, for what you do in our lives. God, we are we're thankful for you and thankful in the ways in which that you move in our lives. And um, God, it's, uh, it's hard not to come in this moment, even as we just talked about it, and not pray for Michelle and her three kids as they've just lost their husband and their dad. And so, God, we, just, we lift them up this morning. We're thankful that they're plugged into a church that is taking care of them and that loves them. But God, would you just uh, continue to show us how we can play a part, even as she's, uh, she was part of a small group here with us as well. And so God, we, uh, we just we go to you this morning. Another day, another morning, where we come and we open up your word. And we find in here your words for your people on your day. God, we want to hear from you this morning. My prayer is, as it is every week, that you would take the words out of my mouth, God. Would my words not be my words, but they, would they be your words this morning for your people on your day? We desire to hear a word from you this morning. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in week two of our Advent series called A Thrill of Hope. Uh, a thrill of hope is, uh, I think, just an uh, amazing opportunity during this Advent to just, just sit and to, to think, to reflect on this whole idea of hope, especially in times of, of need, as we've just talked about, but also just, just in, in Advent, in the time of Christmas, as we think about the coming of Christ. And sometimes I think we miss the hope that comes with that. And so last week we, we opened up just talking about the anticipation of hope, about just, just looking forward. We looked at a passage in Isaiah chapter 8 and chapter 9 in which the prophet Isaiah comes to the people of Israel and says, look, this is the Messiah who is to come. The people, their, their lives can be described in Scripture as people being in utter darkness or fearful gloom is what Scripture says. Those are, the, those are not my words, these are Scripture's words. These words describe these people's lives. And the prophet Isaiah comes in and gives them hope, saying that there is a coming Messiah who will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is, this is hope. Now, as we said last week, we live on the other side of that promise. Jesus has come already. We know who Jesus is, and we know that every single one of these phrases that the, the prophet Isaiah uses to describe Jesus is true. But we have hope not only in, in this Jesus that came, but we hope in, in a second coming. We still look forward. We not only look back and celebrate during this Advent, but we look forward in anticipation of Jesus coming once again. We anticipate. The anticipation of hope is what we talked about last week. This week, I want to open up to the, to the book of Luke, and I want to talk about the way of hope. The way of hope. Now, we're not going to be in Luke 2 uh, until Christmas Eve, and so don't, don't get ahead of yourselves. We'll be in Luke 3 today, all right? Luke chapter 3. Starting at verse 1 is where we're going to be. Now this is after the birth of Jesus. And a man named John, we know him as John the Baptist, begins to, to come onto the scene and prepare the way for the Lord. Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, 
and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. This is from Isaiah chapter 40. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. And all the people will see God's salvation. Prepare the way. Now Luke begins this passage that we're in this morning in kind of an interesting way. He's listing all of the people that are in power, right? Both politically in power, he's talking about the, the kings and the rulers and the tetrarchs, but he's also talking about who are the, the higher-ups, if you will, in the religious scene. Right? We've, got, uh, <clears throat> we've got Caiaphas and Annas, the, the, the high priesthood. They are the high priests at this time. He's, he's basically listing all of the, the powers of the day, religiously, politically, and the contrast here that I believe he's trying to make, and many scholars agree with me, which is probably why I, I do it, I read them first, so they don't agree with me, I agree with them probably, but they, they would say that this, this really is intentional. The contrast here that, that Luke is trying to put in place here is intentional. He's listing all of these rulers, all of the higher-ups in the world at this point, and then he talks about John, and what is John saying? Prepare the way for the Lord. Now this is a, a very political statement at the time. Because he's not saying Caesar is Lord, which is what people said back then. People were, were supposed to look at Caesar under this, under this rule of Rome. The, the Jewish people were under the, the rule of Rome at this point. And under Caesar, they are, they are to think of Caesar not only as just the ruler, but as a god himself. And so people would go around and they would say things like, Caesar is Lord. And here comes John, a man in the wilderness, and he's coming out and he's saying things like, prepare the way for the Lord. And he's turning norms on their heads. Right? You read this also, and we're, we're kind of familiar with John's, John's kind of catchphrase here, repent and be baptized, and it doesn't say it here, but in other, other gospels, for the kingdom of God is near, right? Repent and be baptized. John is honestly, he's turning norms on its head, even in that sentence, because back then they didn't, it wasn't about repentance and baptism, it was about making sacrifices and following the rules. And so John comes in, and he's just preaching something completely different than what people are hearing. He's speaking a truth here that, that counters the system of the day. He's not saying that Caesar is Lord. He's saying there is a Lord that is coming we need to be preparing for. He's not saying we need to go and make sacrifices and follow all these rules. He's saying, no, look, we need to repent and be baptized for the repentance of the forgiveness, or for the forgiveness of your sins. This is what it's all about. He's, he's urging people to think differently. He's telling people a, a new way. He's telling people something, something new. He's preparing the way for the Lord. 
He's preparing hearts and minds to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to just focus this morning on this phrase that John uses, prepare the way for the Lord. It says, make straight paths for him. Have you ever been on a windy road? I remember one of my first trips that I took in Lompoc with my youth group was a, was a winter camp to Hume Lake. And uh, it was winter camp. It was, the, it was President's Day weekend in February. We had Friday through Monday. We were coming back on Monday. And uh, while we were there, there was a snowstorm. And so we get there, and it starts snowing on Sunday night, the night before we're about to leave. <clears throat> and so the, the leaders of the camp, the people that are running the camp, say, hey, if there's going to be a break in the snow in about an hour, if you want to go put chains on, now is the time to do it. And so we did. We waited for the snow to stop, and I took a few of my, my leaders out, and we put chains on our two vans and on our trailer. So if you've ever been to Hume Lake, you know that the last two or three miles into Hume Lake are windy, they are narrow, and there is just a cliff on one side. So we're going out, and, and the next morning we wake up, there's a ton of snow on the ground like they said there would be. We go to breakfast, and then we just kind of let people hang out. We were just kind of letting our kids hang out for a while, enjoy the snow before we went back to the coast. And so we uh, ended up being one of the last people out of there. And, I'm, and we didn't leave late. I'm pretty sure I missed a memo somewhere at breakfast, because when we left, it began to snow. And I mean really snow, like blizzard kind of snow. I've never been in a blizzard, but if I, I could imagine this is what a blizzard would feel like. Remember, I am from California, so yeah, we'll just put that disclaimer in there. I don't actually know what a blizzard feels like, but this felt like a blizzard to me. So it was snowing, coming down hard, as hard as snow can come down. Hard enough to where the windshield wipers aren't catching all of it. Hard enough to where can't really see where we're going. And you know this narrow path through the snow. We've got a trailer. We've got two vans. We're kind of slipping all over the place because there's so much snow on the ground right now. Our, our wheels are not getting traction. And then all of a sudden, we hear a snap. The chain on the back left tire of my van has come off. And not only has it come off, it is broken. I can't fix it. I'm not going to sit there in the snow and try to fix it because it would take a long time. As I'm sitting there assessing this situation, I'm out in the snow at this point. I'm getting just kind of just wet and cold, and the forest department comes up as they are trying to clear the roads a little bit, not of snow, but of people. And they come, and they just say, you need to get off this mountain now. I've never had someone tell me that before. I've never had even felt like uh, maybe we might not make it out this mountain. But this, this guy was genuinely scared for us being on the road, seeing that we broke a chain. Right? He, he just said, you just you got to go. It's only going to get worse. It's going to be like this for a few hours. You need to go. You need to get off this road. And so we began to just inch our way down the hill. And this hill, you know, as you look across on the right-hand side, as you're coming out of Hume Lake, is just straight down. Right, this, is, this is a windy path. I have never in my life driven teenagers that were so quiet than the first 15, 20 minutes after we got out of this. 
we began to drive. We began to inch our way down this windy road. We're slipping a little bit. Our trailer's kind of all over the place. I'm praying in the driver's seat, God, just, just get us down this hill. We finally make it to the snow line. And there is just a, a sense of in the, in the car. I'm assuming the other van had the same sense as well. Just a, a sigh of relief. We have made it down this hill. Even when we thought we weren't going to make it, we made it down this hill. That is, that is when I think of a windy road, I can't not think of that story. Right, a windy road where you, you just, there's so much going on. There is so much danger that is happening. We could have fallen off a cliff. If there was a car coming the other way, like, who knows? There were, the, the whole time, probably because Forest Service blocked it off, there were no cars coming up the other way. Right? It, was, it was a miracle in a sense that we didn't have anything like that. I have never wished for a straight path so much in my life than I did on that day. I just wanted to, I was just praying, God, can we just go down the hill? I wish that there was just a straight road up to Hume Lake that we could just kind of set the wheel and just go and just pray that we get down the hill safe. This is, I've never wished for a straight path so much so in my life. I've never wished for Highway 5 so much so in my life. Just the most boring highway known to man, just, just to go. But as I think about this, this, this dynamic between straight paths and windy roads, I, I, straight paths are so much easier. And if that was a straight path down the hill, there would not have been so much fear. There would not, there would not have been so much distraction of, uh, are we going to go off, are we not, are we sliding, or what's going on? We're just going straight down the hill. There wouldn't have been any of that. We're able to focus, we're able to see clearly when the path is straight. Man, this doesn't even mean, this doesn't even matter if it's snowing or not, right? You just think of a windy path and you're, if you're driving through a windy path, or even if you're, you're hiking up a mountain and there's a narrow path that's going up and it's windy, there's a lot of things to worry about. There's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of distractions. There's some fear that comes into the, to the, to the senses there. There, are, there are, these are the paths that we need to avoid. John comes in and he says, prepare the way, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Not windy paths where there can be distraction and, and different things that come into the picture. Make a straight path for the Lord. I think oftentimes we, if we're thinking about this path in terms of, of making a way for Jesus, making Jesus known, making, making Jesus known in our communities, and our friends' lives, if we think about this as a path, a windy path or a straight path, I think sometimes we take the straight path and make it windy. We put all kinds of expectations on people. We put all kinds of, of rules and legalism on people. And we just say, hey, if you're, if you're going to come to church, you need to act like this. If you're going to come, you need to do this and this and this. We put all these, this list of things to do. We're making a windy path for people. John is saying, make straight paths for the Lord. Make straight paths. John is... I mean, he's, he's going into a culture that's based on, on rules and on legalism, and he's telling them to repent and be baptized for the kingdom of God is near. And that's essentially what we're celebrating this week, that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus is coming. The kingdom has come 
to earth. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. And I think John's call here is a call to, to reorient ourselves. To make straight paths. To, to reorient ourselves from, from a windy path that we may be on. See, in Advent, we, we celebrate, we look forward to the coming of Jesus. And, and I think we, too, are called to repent and maybe to think differently. I mean, it's no small task to reorient your life. I mean, that could, could mean a new schedule throughout the week in order to that, that space is made for Christ. It could be a reordering of your mindset, finding things that are keeping you from, from seeing God, finding things that are distracting you and, and keeping your mind too busy to hear from God and changing those things. It might be reordering your heart, finding those things, even the good things that have taken the place of worship in our hearts and removing them. And every time we do that, we make the path a little straighter. We prepare the way for Jesus. We prepare the way for the Messiah. I think we... Also, just as, as John was coming into the city from the wilderness and saying, prepare your hearts, repent, be baptized, prepare a way for the Lord, make straight your paths, make, I think we're called to do the same thing. I think we have to prepare our hearts, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Messiah. And as we do that, as we prepare our hearts for for the coming of the Messiah. As we do that, the landscape begins to change. Those, those rough mountains become smooth. The mountains are, are laid low. And God begins to, to move in our hearts. He begins to work in our hearts. There's a word for this that we use in the Nazarene church. Holiness. Allowing God to, to move in and through our lives as we change our hearts. As this landscape begins to change, the way of holiness is, is hope for all people. And that's, that's exactly what this is. It's, this text says that God's salvation is for all people. And you and I, we help bring that salvation to all people. And we, we bring wholeness and hope to those around us when we make straight the paths for the Lord. When we make sure there is no distraction, when we make sure there is nothing between us and God, when we make sure that, that there, is, there is nothing keeping us from seeing ahead. Amen. We bring hope. We bring wholeness. I think Advent, of, of all the times, might be the season where this is the hardest. Because there's so many shiny things on the side of the road that get us distracted. We're thinking about presents and lights and parties and all these different things, and we kind of just wind our way through the season. What would it look like this Advent to make a straight path for the Lord? To where He is the focus. He is the reason. 
He is everything. All the other things seem to fade away as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as Hebrews would say. I think we need to, this Advent season, just remind ourselves of these words of John. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And I think my my favorite part of this whole thing, every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, the crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways should become smooth, and this is the this is the the kicker here. And all people will see God's salvation. All people will see God's salvation. What better season than to show people God's salvation than the season of Advent? When we come and we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, who we know that he came to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve to die so that we might live eternally with God in heaven. This is, this is the reason we celebrate Advent here. What better season to make a straight path for the Lord? What better season to make sure there's no distractions? What better season to, to make sure we're not on the windy path? What better season than to show people Jesus? I love this last line. And all people will see God's salvation. Make straight the paths. Prepare the way for the Lord. My prayer this Advent is that we would do that. That with our lives we wouldn't be distracted. We wouldn't get caught up in all of the the glitz and the glamour of the Christmas season. The lights and the show and the presents and the trees. and None of those are bad things. We do them all. But may the focus, though, be on Jesus. Be on the coming of the Son. And be on the reason for that coming. So that all people will see God's salvation. This is the the way of hope. The straight path that we, that we make is the way of hope. As people see God's salvation, their lives are changed. Their lives are filled with hope. And how, uh, what, what better gift to us than the fact that God allows us to play a role in this? Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. That's my prayer for you this week. That's John's call to us in Scripture. Let's lead people on the way of hope so that all people would see God's salvation. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your gift of your son. God, our prayer this morning is that we would continually be reminded of of just the reason for Advent.
God, as we read our devotional this week, as we read through our scriptures this week, as we find ourselves in in times of prayer and times of personal worship, God, will you just continue to remind us? Would these words continue to, to ring in our minds? Prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And would we be challenged and convicted? God, this week, as we find ourselves on maybe a windy road, to straighten that out. God, we love you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the power. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you do, let me just uh, say a word of blessing on you. Would you just hold your hands out just receive this blessing? May our God, the God who, who gave us the greatest gift we could have received 2,000 years ago with his son, Jesus Christ, may this same God who loves you and cares for you go ahead of you this week, go with you this week, May he be in your conversations. May he be always on your mind and remind you to prepare a straight path for him. Prepare the way for the Lord. And as you do that, may you make a difference in your community this week. Go in the grace and love and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.